There's a lot that's in my spirit this morning. I come today, uh, and I'm going to be moving in the mantle of a prophet this morning. It is my assignment this morning is to, <clears throat> is to give you a clear prophetic picture of where we are in the calendar of God and what God is doing in this church. You are an apostolic prophetic ministry, and as an apostolic and prophetic ministry, God has made you a forerunner, which means that you won't find too many people like you. Because most people will, because if you're following, you're not leading, but you're leading, therefore others will follow you. Uh, <clears throat> this is a governing church, which means this, that, 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 that you set the standard for the region. Your praise and worship sets the standard. The word that is preached sets the standard. People in the coming days are going to want to be like you. They will come here and they will see a pattern and model of what a 21st century apostolic prophetic church is supposed to look like. Amen. And so what God has been developing here, amen, has taken time because what God is doing is something that is going to outlive you. There is a succession, an anointing uh, <clears throat> upon this house and a succession plan, amen, that for generations to come, hallelujah, what has happened in the embryonic stages and the founding early stages of this ministry will be, will be remembered, amen, and, and people will look back to this day, to this season, this time, and they'll say, that's where it started. Amen. That's where it started. Amen. Well, I have several things I'm going to do this morning. Um, my wife, she tells me all the time, she said, uh, she says, hon, you carry a briefcase, but your case isn't very brief. <laughs> uh, but I will try to get this done in a time to get you out of here, at least by dinner. <laughs> if you would go with me to Psalms chapter 105, the 105th division of Psalms. And beginning with verse 24. Now this chapter deals with, it reflects on how the Lord delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt and brought them into the promised land. It speaks specifically also about that Passover night when God brought them forth and provided for them in their journey. Verse 24. And he, God, increased his people greatly and he made them stronger than their enemies. Go with me now down to verse 37. And it says, he brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the fear of them fell upon them. One translation says, he brought them out loaded with gold and silver. I like that. Everybody say, I'm getting ready to get loaded. Amen. This is a time right now, it's a set time. According to Psalms 102, we're in a set time in the apostolic dimension, and God is taking us in crossing time zones. Tell your neighbors, say, we're crossing time zones. And what do I mean by that? We're crossing over, passing over from one dimension of glory to another dimension. We're coming out of the church age, and we're going into the kingdom age. This year, 2019, many of the prophets would agree with me that this is a crossing over time and we're crossing time zones. What do I mean by crossing time zones? We're coming into a convergence where we're going to see the natural and the supernatural merge together. We're coming into a season, amen, when there is going to be the, the invisible and the visible realm are merging a convergence together. Amen. We're coming into a kairos season. We understand that Greek word kairos. Kairos is a space of grace. It is a space of grace. It is the time in which God has designed, amen, and the foreknowledge of God to come and bless and favor his people. Amen. How many are born again? Do I need an altar call? How many are born again? Amen. Are you glad you're born again? Do you remember the day that you were born again? Has anything been the same since then? That's Kairos. When a Kairos comes, everything changes. We're coming into a season when you are going to experience Kairos, suddenly acceleration like no other generation, and things will change forever. I need you to get excited with me. Amen. I like in Kairos, okay, Kronos is chronological time. Tick tock, tick tock. Amen. But Kairos time is, is a God time, a God favor time. It's when the eternal realm invades this natural realm and changes. The landscape changes. Everything changes when Kairos shows up. Amen? So, and I liken it to a pregnant woman. 
The nine months is the chronos time. Amen. It's the waiting time. It's the preparation time. Amen. It's the growing time. But then when she gives birth, suddenly that's Kairos. We're coming into a birthing season in the body, in, in the body of Christ when we're going to come into these Kairoses and suddenlies. We're coming into a season of suddenlies. Now, God's purposes and plans always unfold in cyclical seasons. Solomon said that God speaks to us in more excellent ways. That means threefold ways or in triplicates. God is a, 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 a trichotomy God, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You have a spirit, soul, body, the kingdom, the power, the glory, faith, hope, charity, 30, 60, 100 fold, outer court, holy place, most holy place. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Everything about God is a trichotomy. So if you're going to track God, you have to remember that. Everything within God's DNA is excellent. He speaks in threefold ways. Amen? So if God is going to do something, it will always be in threes. And the third is where the glory is. The third dimension, the third tier. Right? Faith, hope, charity. The greatest of these is love, charity. Right? It's in the third dimension. Where is the glory? Outer court, holy place, or the most holy place? In the most holy place. So always when the third dimension comes, you can expect it to be greater than the first or the second. Are we communicating? Amen. You must understand, every 2,000 years, God's people experience a season, listen to me, a season of Passover. Amen? It is a seasonal deliverance of Passover that ultimately releases blessings and unparalleled health and wealth. I want you to think about this. Going back 2,000 years before Christ was Moses. And Moses led the people out of Egypt by Passover. They experienced the first Passover. 2,000 years later, Jesus, the Lamb of God, Paul says he was our Passover. Aren't you glad Jesus was our Passover? Now, 2,000 years later, on God's calendar of events, we're about to experience a third Passover. It is a season of unparalleled blessings, wealth, and health. I'll park it if you don't clap. We can wait here all day until you get excited about this. It's a set time to favor God's people. Hallelujah. Now, Moses led the first Passover. Jesus was the second Passover. And we, come on, we're, are about to experience the third Passover. I need someone to tell your neighbor and say, do it again, Lord. He's about to do it again. Amen? Now, the ancient story, hallelujah, in the days of Moses was a prophetic picture of the new season we are coming into. It is a set time and to favor the church of Jesus Christ, the apostolic church. Amen? Please understand this. Hallelujah. God speaks in more excellent ways. He freed you, right? How many are saved? He freed you, then he filled you with the Holy Ghost, but now it's a time of fulfillment. This season is fulfillment of the, come on, of the promises of God and prophetic words that have gone over your life. So he's freed us, outer court, amen, filled us, holy place, and this third dimension, he's going to fulfill the promises over our life, Amen. It's a time of fulfillment of your promised vision and your inheritance. Now, Passover is God's chosen season for you. It is a chosen season for you. In all three Passovers, the father, come on, had a son. Now, most of you do not remember this, but if you're 55 and older, amen, you'll remember the old television program, My Three Sons. How many remember My Three Sons? Young people do not have a clue. Amen. Well, how many know God has three sons? He has three sons, hallelujah. His first son, hallelujah, he called Israel his son. Moses and Israel, the children of Israel, were God's son. He told Pharaoh, let my son go that they may worship me, the children of Israel, in the wilderness. Amen. Then we know who God's second son is. His second son is Jesus Christ, hallelujah. This is my beloved son, hallelujah. And now at the end of this age, God's going to have a corporate son. It is the mature apostolic church that God is raising up. Aren't you glad you're in the planet for such a time as this? 
When people tell me, I wish, you know, I wish I was alive back in the days of Paul, back in the days of King David, why would you want to live in those days? These are the most exciting time. This is a season of fulfillment of all God's promises. You must understand this. And God's economy, when God speaks a word, it will come to pass. He's a man that he should not lie. Hallelujah. And so when he speaks a word, it will be fulfilled. So when God says, let them have dominion, do you think there'll be a generation that has dominion? I think there will. So when God created creation and created mankind, he says, let them have dominion. The problem was they didn't take dominion. And so God's word will go, hallelujah, out of his mouth, and it will not return into him void until it accomplishes what he sends it to do. If he says, let them have dominion, that word, hallelujah, will travel through space and time. It'll go from one generation to the next until there's a generation that will rise up and say, beat unto me according to your word. I believe we are that generation. That is rising up and saying, we will be the generation that will take stewardship of the planet. We're the generation that will rise up as the apostolic prophetic voice of this day, and we're taking dominion. We are that generation. Hallelujah. So understand is that everything to this point has just been a taste, a foretaste. I mean, as glorious as the last moves that we have seen in the last 100 years, the Azusa Street, Welsh revival, great moves of God, going into the days of the tent revivals, latter rain movement they called it, miracles in the tents, A.A. A. Allen, Miriam William Brannan, Catherine Coleman, Oral Roberts, Billy Graham. And so many people say, man, I really wish I had that kind of anointing. We really wish we could go back. Listen, we're not going back to that. We've come from it. Someone says, I wish we could go back to the days of the book of Acts. That was the church, listen to me, in its embryonic stage. That was the church in seed. Now, if the church, listen to me, if the book of Acts is the church in seed, what will the church look like in harvest? That is small potatoes compared to what God is about to do in our day. Come on, somebody, in Jesus' name. In fact, the Bible says, I know many of our churches, we say we're full gospel. That's not the truth. At best, we're two-thirds full. It's because we have not come into the fullness. How many feel with the Holy Ghost? Amen. Do you know the baptism of the Holy Ghost is the earnest of our inheritance? Anybody know what an earnest is? If you go to bank and they ask you for earnest, it is a down payment, and that down payment tells you there's more to come. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost, as good as it's been, I want to run right now in Jesus' name. The baptism of the Holy Ghost, as good as it's been, is a down payment saying there's more to come. If the Holy Ghost has been this good, what is the full possession going to be? And the church is now coming into fulfillment or the fullness of all that God has promised us. All those people, A.A. Allen, Miriam William Brannan, Smith Wigglesworth, wonderful Amen? Amazing. All they were were just spies. God sent them as forerunners, like the 12 spies that win the promised land, come back with all the fruit. Amen? That fruit was a down payment. It came back to show them there's more. It was a foretaste of what was to come. The Holy Ghost has been a foretaste. Every move of the Spirit has been a foretaste in saying there's a generation that is on the horizon. I believe we're that generation on the horizon that's going to go into a land flowing with milk and honey, and they're going to walk in the fullness of all God provided for us at Calvary. We're that generation. So they just spied the land. And in this season, listen to me, it's not going to be one, two, or three people. God is going to use the body of Christ. The new wine, the new thing that God is doing is found in the cluster. It's not in the grape. I know you're a big, bad grape all by yourself. But what God is doing is bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's about us. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says, let us create. This is a let us season where the corporate, the the anointing on all of us is greater than the anointing on any one of us. Hallelujah. In this corporate anointing, every single one of us is a key spice and ingredient that the Holy Ghost, who is the apothecary of heaven, is mingling together the spices, making an anointing that's going to destroy every yoke. Hallelujah. Our faith together is greater than any individual faith. 
In fact, the Bible says in the Song of Solomon, he is altogether beautiful. Altogether. I say it this way. When we are all together, his beauty begins to appear. There's something about the body of Christ. Let's move on. Are we still communicating? Now, when you look at the pattern, son, when God got ready to bring a nation, think about the pattern. When God got ready to bring a nation out of bondage, he put a lamb in the house. A lamb in the house. After eating the lamb, they began the journey of unprecedented miracles for how many years? 40 years, right? Amen. Every miracle of God's grace and favor happened for one reason, because they ate the lamb. I need you to tell your neighbor, eat more lamb. Every miracle flowed out of the indwelling lamb. You must get this revelation. It will change your life forever. Do you want to hear it? I'm just telling them. They don't want to hear it over. Anybody want to hear it? Every miracle flowed out of the indwelling lamb. It was not until they ate the lamb and they had to eat the whole thing. And when they ate the lamb, the very next morning, hallelujah, they entered into a season of unprecedented miracles for 40 years. Hallelujah. Because of the prevailing lamb within, none were sick, none were feeble, their bread and water didn't diminish, and their shoes did not wear out. And I know you women would not like that because you like to have new shoes. In fact, I like the shoes I have on. So I would like them not to wear out. <laughs> My wife loves shoes. My wife, she has a closet. Not, it's a walk-in closet. And she told me last week, we need to buy a bigger house for my shoes. <laughs> buy a house. Why don't we just add on to the house that we have and make a shoe room? Are we communicating? Hallelujah. Understand this. Revelation 13.8 tells us that the lamb was slain, right, from the foundation of the world. We understand that. Hallelujah. The lamb had been slain. And we overcome by what? The blood of the lamb. By the blood of the lamb. Why a lamb? I mean, a lamb to me, you think it's kind of this kind of timid, kind of feeble, weak, innocent creature. You know, hardly has any teeth. You know, can't even bite you. Why not, you know, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the blood of the lion or the blood of a bull, even the blood of a goat. A goat's a little stubborn, you know. God, give me something, you know, an animal that I can relate to Why a lamb. The devil in Scripture is portrayed as what? A serpent, right? Jesus, a lamb, the devil, a serpent. If these two got together in a fight, who would you pick to win? It's going to be the serpent, right? I mean, if you're going to put the lamb and a venomous snake together in a room, who's going to win? It's going to be the serpent. So this has always confused me. I need you to get this. In Isaiah 53, it talks about the silence of the lamb. I want to talk for a minute about the science of the lamb. Jesus was called the lamb of God because the lamb is the only creature that could withstand a venomous serpent bite. Hallelujah. They have proven what they have done. Scientists have took the lamb's blood, they mixed it with snake's blood, and the results are, listen to me, the lamb's blood prevailed over the snake's blood. Listen to me. And listen, it became more potent. It is the only animal that when a venomous snake bites him, it will not die. But after the bite, the blood seems to get stronger. My God in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They created an anti-venom from the sheep, and they use it with animals who get bit, especially horses. When a horse gets bit, they will die if they don't get this anti-venom potion, the power of the Lamb of God. Are we still communicating? This is how we overcame, and they overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That's why John said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Amen? We're in the bloodline of the Lamb of God. And I call it, we are the Lamb kin. Everybody say we're the Lamb kin. The life of the Lamb of God is in you right now, the indwelling Lamb. Amen? When you protect, right now, you know you're eating lamb. 
were feeding on his life, right? That's why Jesus, I know it sounds like cannibalism, but he said this and no one understood, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. That sounds like cannibalism. You have no life in you. The life of the Lamb comes when we begin to meditate on the Word. Hallelujah. When we worship Him, have intimacy with Him. When we feed on the Word of God. When we're drawing and receiving prophetic apostolic words like you're receiving now, we are eating. This is a season that I call, it is a Word-intense season. This is not a time to water down the lamb. It was required at Passover that you could not have sodden lamb watered down. One of the attacks of the enemy right now is to get preachers in North America and around the world to water down the word. Hallelujah. Because if we can have sodden word, amen, we will not have the prevailing lamb. Come on, are we communicating? Hallelujah. Not only could you not have it sodden, you had to eat it with herbs. And herbs in scripture represent faith. Hallelujah. So what we do, we mix, hallelujah, the word with faith, and therefore we are a generation because of the indwelling lamb, there are going to be miracles that will flow from us. Hallelujah. The life of the lamb. Now, the life of the lamb is in you right now. If hell bites you, you will not get weaker, but you'll get stronger. I am, right now I'm beside myself because... The Kaufman family is receiving a miracle this weekend. My son, Christian Mark, 16 years old, he was diagnosed at 12 years old, type 1 diabetes. And when we left our hospital, my wife and my son were in the ambulance. I was driving behind to Pittsburgh, the children's hospital. And uh, the Lord spoke to me halfway to the hospital. He said, your son is not diabetic. This is not genetic. It's mimicking diabetes. I said, okay, God, but what do I do with that? So for the last four years, we've been in a process, holistic, homeopathic medicines, doing all the things we need to know, praying, believing, and standing. My son got bit by the serpent at 12 years old. We found out that he was finally, the Lord's always right, and we had to take him all the way to Ottawa to a specialist to find out by sending a blood test of him to Belgium. When we got it back, they said, he is not diabetic. But we don't know what's wrong. He had to have insulin before every, every single meal. And so my son, every day, four or five times a day, is shooting insulin because his, his pancreas is not producing insulin. They're calling it type 1. So we found out from another doctor in a process that it was Lyme disease and it was causing his pancreas not to produce insulin. God is healing him of the Lyme disease. And my wife, this whole weekend since I've been gone, she's been weaning him off of insulin. But, but, but the key is this. My son is so strong in his faith now, I don't believe that he would be where he is in God if he would not have been bit by the serpent. Because that venomous bite made him stronger. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. That's why the Apostle Paul says, I reckon that the present sufferings aren't worthy to be compared with the glory. So suffering produces glory. So anytime that hell comes and gives you their best bite, get ready, you're going to come out stronger, more powerful, more anointed, with greater authority than what you could ever dream or imagine. Someone say yes up in here. When hell bites you with its best shot, hallelujah, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is no weapon formed against you. Man, doesn't that make sense now? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up against you, you will condemn it. Why? Because greater is he that's in you. The lamb kin, hallelujah, is in the house, and the lamb is in the house. And so when hell comes, at Jesus goes in the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost. He gets bit three times by the serpent. He went in full of the Holy Ghost, but after he was bit, it says he came out in the power of the Holy Ghost. He came out stronger than when he went in. I declare over every single one of you, whoever's going through hell, and they've given the best bite they can to you. I declare and I promise you, hallelujah, if you will hold on and be not weary in well-doing, when you come out, you'll be stronger than when you went in this. 
God has something better in mind than what you ever dreamed or imagined. In Jesus' name, I declare that. Hallelujah. The prevailing life of the Lamb and you get stronger. That's why he says that he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. That's why he says, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. I didn't like that. Years ago, before I had this revelation, I don't want to go out as a lamb. I want to be a lion, God. He says, I send you like lambs among wolves. Why? Because you're inoculated. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. Only the Lamb of God could inoculate and heal us from the infectious bite. Think about what took place. The blood of bulls and goats could not, listen to me, destroy the infectious bite that, 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 that the serpent, amen, listen to me, that the serpent infected Adam and Eve with. That infectious bite infected all creation. And the Bible says the blood of bulls and goats, come on somebody, blood of bulls and goats would not satisfy. It could cover sins but could not redeem the infectious bite. It took the blood of a lamb. Come on somebody. It took the blood of the lamb. So this is a word intense season. This is a time that we need the, not less word, but more word. Tell your neighbor, eat more lamb. Hallelujah. The lamb's blood inoculates you and I. So we've come into the season of Passover that we need to eat more lamb. Amen? And you have to eat the whole lamb. It was required to eat the whole lamb. I'm thinking about eating the whole lamb. I don't know about that. I want lamb chops. Come on. Amen? I like lamb. I like to eat lamb. But then before they left, before that Passover Eve, they had to eat the whole lamb. And I asked the Holy Ghost one time, and it says, eat the pertinence. Anybody know what pertinence is? I mean, liver, the bowels, the brain. I mean, this is what they ate that night. I said, Lord, give me lamb chops. But this is a prophetic picture. Why do you have to eat the brain of the lamb so you can get the mind of Christ? Why do you eat the eyes of the lamb so you can have the vision of Christ? Why do you eat the nose of the lamb so you can have discernment? Why do you eat the ears of the lamb so you can hear what the Spirit's saying? Why eat the tongue of the lamb so you can have the tongue of the learned? Why do you eat the heart of the lamb so you can have a servant's heart? Tell someone you got to eat the whole thing. Why would you eat the bowels of the lamb to have the bowels of compassion that Jesus had? Why would you eat the legs of the lamb so you can stand in faith? And why the feet of the lamb so you can walk in his authority? Come on, somebody. And so in this day, we have to eat the whole counsel of God. Amen? And that's why God has raised up apostles, and that's why God has given you an apostle and a prophet in this house, because they preach the unadulterated word of God. Every week you come here, you are getting lamb. My God and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> What's on the menu Sunday, lamb? Next Sunday, we're going to have lamb again. Every week we come and get lamb at City Light Church. Hallelujah. Passover means to hop exemption, skip over. I'm getting blessed preaching this. <laughs> skip over to dance. I heard this several weeks ago. I was in my office and I heard, I looked around, there was nobody there. I heard a foot tapping on the floor. Like you hear me making that noise right now. And there's no one around. I said, Holy Ghost, what is this? He said, the Lord has his dancing shoes on. <laughs> the word Passover means to dance over. On that Passover night in Exodus chapter 12, the Lord danced on the head of death. 2,000 years later at the cross, Jesus danced on the spirit of death. I declare to you, hallelujah, the Lord has put his tap shoes on. And 2,000 years later, hallelujah, God is about to dance over all of our enemies. Hallelujah. Everybody say it's Passover. Hallelujah. 
the first and second Passover, God danced on the head of death. He's got his dancing shoes on again. Someone say, do it again, God. And the Bible says they left Egypt in haste. Everybody say in haste. They left in haste. They did it. Everybody say suddenly. Quickly. Now. Fast. We're coming into a season of suddenlies. Everybody say a season of suddenlies. Amen. Isaiah 48. Quickly, quickly. I'm over halfway done. If you believe that. Isaiah. 48, verse 3, I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth out of my mouth. I showed them. I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. When God does something, it's always suddenly. But suddenly should not surprise you because you've been preparing for them all your life. Amen. Your leaders here have been preparing you for suddenlies. Everything has been preparation. If you're not in manifestation, you're still in preparation. And that's okay. Hallelujah. But now we're coming. Remember I said we're crossing time zones? Hallelujah. We're moving from preparation into manifestation. And when God does something, he does it suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. Every suddenly, we see it here in this passage, is premeditated by God. Your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, nor has it entered your heart the things that God hath, past tense, already prepared for you in heavenly places. Everything you will ever need is already done for you. At the cross, when he said, it is finished, guess what? It was finished. Do you believe you're blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places? Amen. Do you believe that he has, come on, he has given you all things pertaining to life and godliness? If your eye has not seen, your ear hasn't heard, but come on, nor has it entered your heart the things that God hath prepared for you, but by the Spirit, he reveals them to you. So you haven't seen them yet, but you heard they're coming. I'm giving you a preview of what's to come. And so when you're suddenly comes, because this is what God told me to tell this house, tell them, tell, I want to give, he's, I'm telling you, God told me this this morning in my room. He says, tell everyone that is present at City Light Church, get ready for a personal suddenly. God's setting you up for a suddenly. I'm prophesying over you right now in Jesus' name. Get ready for a suddenly. In fact, usually, hallelujah, before a suddenly comes, hallelujah, circumstances contradict suddenlies. It doesn't look like a suddenly. And that's why God, come on, that's why he gives you a suddenly. Unannounced, unexpected, he shows up, suddenly he does it. Hallelujah. Everybody say suddenly. So usually we come to a place we may even be weary and well-doing. That's why the Bible says, be not weary and well-doing. For in due season, you'll reap a harvest. Here's the only condition if you don't quit, don't faint. That's the only way you don't get a suddenly, is if you quit. He says, be not weary and well-doing for in due season. The word do there, listen to me, is the word personal. The word season is kairos. God has a personal kairos for every one of you. Oh, I just want to bless you today in Jesus' name. He has a personal kairos for everyone in this room, and the only way you don't get it is to quit. Hallelujah. So you just got to keep on keeping on. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We're coming into a season of suddenlies. Every suddenly is premeditated. No suddenly should surprise you because your whole life has been preparation for this season of suddenlies. Every suddenly is heralded by praise. I love the praise in this house. Do you love the praise in this house? When God gets ready, that's why we have this previous season, God has raised up minstrels. He's raised up praise teams like your team here, hallelujah, in preparation because send Judah first. And every move of the Spirit is heralded by praise. Even the birthing of Christ. Luke 2.8, there's been 400 years of silence the only miracle that took place during those 400 years was once a year, an angel would come and stir the waters, and the first person in got healed. There was no prophetic voice. Can you imagine living in those dark times? We have prophetic voices all around the world. Amen? We're hearing what God is saying right now. In those days, God didn't speak for 400 years. There had been silence. It was a time of darkness, the world was asleep, and suddenly the glory of the Lord appeared, and a multitude of angels were there. Suddenly the glory of God appeared. Suddenly, hallelujah, the environment, the landscape contradicted suddenly. But suddenly the glory of God appeared, 
and a multitude of angels were doing what? Praising God, singing glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth could understand something. Hallelujah. Your praise is setting you up for a suddenly. Your praise is setting you up for a suddenly. Praise is the environment for a suddenly. Acts chapter 2. When, they were all in one, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place and in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound. Suddenly there came. Did you hear that? Suddenly there. What, what had been promised, what was in the invisible realm, what was there came. Amen. But understand, here was the key, and I know this is going to be too deep for some of you. Are you ready? This is real deep. Okay? All they had to do was get together. They were all in one place and in one accord. That is not deep at all, is it? And suddenly there came. Hallelujah. 120 out of 500 people, amen, stayed together. I just want to encourage everybody here. You're in the right church at the right time and the right season with the right pastors, with the right praise team, with the right people, and I believe this place is ripe for suddenlies. Yesterday, I had told your pastor yesterday, the Lord, when I walked in this building yesterday morning, he said, this church is ripe and it's right. It's ripe, it's right, and it is ready for what God's going to do. Your whole life has been preparation for the season. You need to get ready for sunlies. Hallelujah. Let me move on and get this done with. Hallelujah. And you know, some got to get together so they can get together. Some just got to get it together. Tell somebody, get it together. Yeah. Acts chapter 2 was an epiphany. Anybody know what epiphany is? Epiphany comes from two Greek words, epi and phanaru. Epi means upon, phanaru means apparent. This season of suddenlies, this Passover season we're coming into, is a time of epiphanies, when we're going to experience epiphanies. Here's what an epiphany is. There are things about you that you don't know that God knows. There's more to you than what meets the eye. In fact, you ought to come with a warning label because you're packing power. We really don't know our full potential. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think, but it's according to the power operative in you. It's locked up inside of you. It's not coming from the outside in, but the inside out. Jesus, for 30 years, was the Son of God. Here's God in the flesh, and no one knew it except Mary. His own brothers didn't believe him. Think about this. So Jesus, all that he is carrying was not apparent to him or anyone around him. You've got to get this. Until at 30 years of age, the patterned son comes to a place of maturity He's standing in the Jordan waters. He's being baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And when he comes up out of the waters, listen, check this out. The heavens open. Let me say this. We're talking about heavens being open. Heavens doesn't just open over Christians. It opens over mature sons. An open heaven is over every mature son. Look at the pattern. Follow the pattern. And the Bible says the heavens open. This is my son, the father says, in whom I'm well pleased. In fact, he says it this way. You have to hear it by the Spirit. This is my son in whom I am. This is my son in whom I am. That's why he was I am. The Father was in him. Well pleased. And then the dove, not a pigeon, like a dove, comes and lands on him. And from that very moment, an epiphany took place. What was apparent to God all that time now become apparent to Jesus and everyone around him. Now the epiphany came on him. We're coming into a season of epiphanies that it's even going to blow your mind what's on the inside of you. Amen. Untapped potential is about to be released in the body of Christ. It's called an epiphany. Hallelujah. Every one of you, just think about this. Everyone around you will see you as God sees you, even yourself. That's epiphany. Hallelujah. You know, when you come into this building and you turn the lights on, how many know it did not create the furniture? It just revealed what was there. That's what epiphany does. It doesn't create something new in you. It's already in you. Lights come on. You see it. 
and everyone around you. It's called the manifestation of the sons of God. All creation is on tiptoes waiting for the... They're not waiting for the Son of God, the manifestation of the sons of God. Us revealing the Son to our generation. Listen to me. i got to move. If. There's a part of God in you that no one else has. How many know that God is a creator? He's not a cloner. Quit trying to be like somebody else. I don't want to be like you. You don't want to be like me. I'm the best me there is. And you're the best you you are. And I'm glad he made you the way you are. God, he, it's impossible for God to be repetitive. He can't clone. There's not one snowflake. I spit on you, but it's anointed. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's impossible for God to be repetitive. He cannot clone. He puts his hand out over here. <laughs> it's impossible for God to repeat. There's not one snowflake alike. There's not one leaf alike. Amen. It's impossible because he's a creator. Therefore, there's no one like you. No one can do it like you. No one can say it like you. No one can express it like you. You are the best you there is. And if you don't reveal that part of God in you, we're going to miss that part of God in this life. I need to see the God in you. I don't want to miss that part of God that only you carry. My God in the Holy Ghost. And if you don't reveal it, then who is going to reveal it? No one else can reveal that part. Because you're an expression of him in the earth. And you express him like nobody else. Let me come to a close. Hallelujah. Amen. Epiphanies come suddenly, swiftly, immediately now. The first time I saw my wife, I had an epiphany. <laughs> Amen. God wants to give everyone in this room a suddenly. Finishing up with Passover. Because the prevailing lamb was within them, there was not one sick or feeble among them. I'm contending for this it for my church. I'm tired of Christians being sick. And I believe there's a generation that's going to walk in health and wealth. I believe there's a generation that will rise up. They'll be so inoculated by the blood of the Lamb. We're going to see the In these days, we're going to really see the power of the Lamb. We're going to find out. And there will be a people with... Listen, if God can do that, if for 40 years no one was sick under an old covenant, a, a covenant that was made by the blood of bulls and goats... And we're in a better covenant with better blood, better promises. How much more should we experience the life of God flowing through our veins, in our bodies, in our cells? There should not be one feeble or sick among us in Jesus' name. And also, hallelujah, they in one day reap 400 years back pay. Every time, listen to me, every Passover season, the first one with Moses, then with Christ, hallelujah, at Passover, you always bankrupt, hallelujah, the powers of darkness. They spoil their enemies. We're getting ready to bankrupt, come on, this world system. And I'm going to tell you what, God has given you, I know he don't like me saying this, this man is a genius. God has given him a word, hallelujah, about abundance. And you're all going to be praying for him while he writes that book, right? And, and I better be able to do an endorsement, too. <laughs> he needs to write that book. It has to be. It is a prophetic word, an apostolic word for this generation, and the church needs it. Because it, it, is, it is going to be a map. It's going to be a road, hallelujah, out of debt and poverty for the church. Hallelujah. 400 years back pay. Abraham's promise came to pass. It was fulfilled. A nation would be born in a day, and they would come forth with great substance. That promise, is, that promise is going to be repeated again in our day. The sons of God at Passover are released into unlimited health, wealth, and blessing. For 40 years, their shoes did not wear out. What does that mean? I love that. Hallelujah. Let me say it another way. They walked in the supernatural for 40 years. Their shoes did not wear out. Prophetically, that speaks to us. See, I believe we're going to walk out of some things and walk in some things. I believe we're going to walk out of sickness but walk in health. We're going to walk out of debt and poverty, start walking in wealth and prosperity. Amen. We're going to walk out of sorrow and start walking in joy. Come on, somebody. We're going to walk out of discouragement. Come on. And start walking, hallelujah, in the blessing of the Lord. We start walking in peace, walking in health, walking in life, walking in the blessings of God. It's a season of the supernatural. Hallelujah. The first Passover, listen to me, he delivered Israel from their enemies by his finger. I'm done. Last page.
He delivered the enemies by his... Now, you get to think about that. God delivered three million people by just his finger. You know? Just his finger. How powerful is God? I'll show them. I'll just use my finger. Take that. Three million people delivered. And I said, God, that's really cool that, that by the finger of God and Jesus... He said, if by the finger of God I cast out devils, Jesus' ministry, the second Passover, God used the finger of the Holy Ghost and delivered all those people. You know, that's only Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You all know that's only 30 days of Jesus' three-and-a-half-year ministry. Could you imagine? The Bible says that the books of those days could not contain all he did by the finger of God. And this is what I said to the Holy Ghost, and he corrected me. I said, I can't wait to see your finger in this day. He said, son, I'm not going to reveal my finger but my arm. The arm of the Lord is about to be revealed. The prophecy to Isaiah, God's about to reveal it. And this is what God said to me. He said, I got something up my sleeve. <laughs> it's my church, my body. They are my arm. And I'm going to empower the arm of the Lord. We are the extension of God in the earth. You are the only voice he has, the only eyes he has, the only feet and hands that he has. And he needs you to do what he's about to do. This day is going to be so, because remember the glory is always in the third dimension. So this third Passover, we are going to pass over from the church age to the kingdom age. And we're going to pass over into the powers of the age to come. Listen, we've not tapped into that. We've only had a foretaste. Remember the powers of the age? We are the generation that is going to experience and live in the powers of the age to come. Because we're in that age. It is the kingdom age. And that's what we're crossing into right now. I need you to stand with me, please. The Lord spoke this to me. Can I have someone? Is there someone to get on? The keyboard, if not, it's okay. Anybody could just kind of give me a little something. Yeah. The Lord spoke this to me this morning. This was not premeditated, dropped it in my spirit. I had to quickly write down what he began to tell me. And this is for this church. It's a tailor-made word for you. He said, tell City Light Church that this is the beginning of miracles for them. Do you remember Jesus? He had not performed a miracle. You know, the first miracle was water turned to wine. And when that took place, it said this being the beginning of miracles for Jesus. It was the beginning of his three and a half year miracle campaign that took place. Three and a half years. Powerful the beginning. Everybody say the beginning. This is where we are in this church, the beginning of miracles, a beginning of miracles. Jesus didn't even know it was the season. He didn't understand this is an epiphany. This is a Kairos moment. They run out of wine. I think it's strange that they ran out after the disciples came. <laughs> and they run out of wine. And when they had run out of wine, his mother looks to him and said, you can do something about this. Woman, stop, not my what? Time. There's a principle, never forget. Don't ever wait for God to do something. Don't ever wait for an event. You are the event. Don't wait for a move. You are the move. The kingdom of God is not out here coming in. It's in you. The kingdom of God doesn't come with observation by looking and waiting. It comes by activation because it's in you. You are the event. You are the move. Times don't create the people. People create the times. You remember Jesus is about to leave the planet, and what does he do? He said, uh, 40 days, he had took them to the school of the Holy Ghost, taught them things pertaining to the kingdom. How many would love to have been in that school? 40 days. And after he teaches them things pertaining to the kingdom, I mean, now he tells them what the kingdom is. This is the rule and reign of God on the planet. This is... I mean, you're here to infiltrate the earth with the kingdom of God. You're here to colonize the planet and take dominion. And then they say this to him. Uh, Lord, is this the season? 
Is this the time of the season you'll set up your kingdom? It's like, guys, didn't you get it? He says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons the Father puts forth his power, but you, he put on them, you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part. And you, he put it on them. He turned them, they says, is this the time? And he made them the timetable. Times don't create the people. People create the times. This church is creating the time. I get nervous when prophets come and say, start giving dates. And then when they don't come to pass, Brother John, they don't say, oops, saith the Lord, I made a mistake. It's not for us to, come on, it's not for us to know the times. It's us to us to create the time because we are the move of God. And little Mary looks to her oldest son and she ignored what he said. And she turned to the disciples and she said, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. Somehow she knew and she was the catalyst to start the miracles. Somebody in this room is going to be a catalyst. You're not going to wait for another day, another time, another generation. Next year, it's this year. Beyond your wildest dreams, you prophesy. This year, it's going to be beyond your wildest dreams. And I need you to do this. I'm going to turn it back to him, and then if he can give back after, okay? That's what you want to do. Is that are we okay? All right? I wrote this down. Miracles operate by laws. The Bible calls the working of miracles. you got to work a miracle. It's not the gift of miracles. It's the working of miracles. Inside of you right now is the Holy Ghost. How many have you known people or you've even said, well, I have the gift of tongues and prophecy or I have the gift of a gift of healing. How many know who has the giver of the gifts? Then do you believe that any one of those gifts can manifest at any time in you? Absolutely. That's walking in the fullness. There are nine gifts of the spirit, right? I categorize them. I put them in three different tiers, three different. Okay. There is tongues, interpretation and prophecy. Amen. Those three gifts, gifts allow us to speak like God. I need you to tell your neighbor, I can speak like God. The next three gifts are discernment, knowledge, and wisdom. I can think like God. Tell someone else, I can think like God. The third dimension, or the last nine, are the power gifts. And they are faith, gifts of healing, and the working of miracles. Tell someone, I can act like God. All nine of those gifts operative in you when you release them, amen, when you allow the Holy Spirit to use you, you can speak like God, you can think like God, and you can act like God. My God in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and he put his Holy Spirit in you so you can do and function in those nine gifts, in those nine gifts, amen. Now, the working of miracles, you have to work a miracle. Everybody say, work a miracle. Every miracle requires an action of faith. You will never have a miracle if you don't act in faith. There are natural and spiritual laws, properties, amen, that are required to perform miracles. How many know it's not magic? When Elisha said to the woman, I want you to go borrow vessels, not a few, and she come and brought all those vessels in, he didn't say, now take the oil and throw it in the air. It's not magic. It is a law. Amen. And so she, what she did, it was the law of preparation. Every miracle will require, listen to me, instructions. There will be instructions to every miracle. If you're waiting for a miracle, it's going to be a really long wait. You got to work a miracle. You got to work a miracle. My wife and I and my son, we've been working a miracle and our boy is getting one this weekend. We didn't wait for God. God, you got to heal him. He's already healed him. There's a difference between <laughs> how many believe that everything in the spirit dimension is already there? Yeah. So once you fulfill the natural laws, that's convergence. Remember we talked about a convergence and what we do, we put a demand on heaven. Once you begin to do the, it's, you cannot do the supernatural. That's for the Holy Ghost. That's reserved for him. You can't. 
I mean, Mark Kaufman can't do a miracle. I'm just a vessel, amen, for the Holy Spirit to move through. You're just a vessel, an instrument for God to flow through and to move through, right? right. Amen. So you just have to surrender yourself, kind of like those six pots, water full, amen. They brought them and gave them to Jesus. They surrendered the vessels. Come on, somebody. Amen. Just surrendered vessels. God used me as an instrument. And, and the rest is up to him. I don't worry about how he's going to do it. I just obey the instructions. I have seen in our life, it's just amazing what God has done. It's the grace of God. I'm just overwhelmed and so favored by God sometimes by the miracles we've seen in our ministry. We've traveled the world, India, Africa, all over the world. And we've seen thousands of miracles. Every single one has required this law. That something has to be done in the natural as evidence, hallelujah, of your faith. Amen. The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe that it is, and he's a reward of those who diligently. You know the scripture. Cut off the second part. Without faith, it's impossible. Jesus is about to ascend into heavens. Mark 16. And he's with, he's with his disciples for the last time. Now, if you know you're going to leave the planet and you're with your loved ones, you're going to tell them the most important things they need to know at that moment, right? Most important things. And what does he tell them? He says, I want you to go to church. Go hide out there. I want you to lock the doors. Wait for me to come again. I'm going to come someday, a second coming, and you just wait for me. Everybody. No. He said one thing, believe. The most important thing he wanted them to know believe. If you believe, if you only can believe. See, faith is the currency of heaven. Many of you will go out and eat today. You're going to sit down, and after you eat your meal, they're going to expect you to pay. If you don't, you will be doing dishes. Right? There will be some way that you will pay. Am I right? So is it in heaven. The only way that which is already reserved and in heavenly places all, your inheritance is already reserved in heavenly places. Every blessing, every miracle, there are miracles prepared for you right now. The only way you will get what's there here, season the convergence, is going to be by faith. Faith is, faith is a currency. There's different currencies in God's kingdom. Hunger is. I love the hunger in this church. Hunger is a currency. I mean, the way you worship and lead the people. Come on, girl. I love it. It's awesome. There's a hunger in you. There's a hunger in the team. Hunger. God, God, listen to me. When, when God sees hunger and thirst... It's a currency. It transitions what's there and makes it appear here. I'll let you take over, and then I'll come back. Uh, super quickly, I don't want to take a lot of time, and I don't want the anointing to go away here. If, I just want to be able to receive an offering for Mark and his ministry before we go. If you would like to do that, ushers, really quick, super fast. Uh, get people their offering envelopes. You want to be able to connect not only to Mark, but to this message and to what he's released to us today. I'm telling you, there is a Galatians chapter 6 moment of when we are receiving from a teacher, from a prophet to come into our, into our lives. The way we connect to that is as we communicate or share what we have back with them. The next scripture tells us, then whatsoever we sow, that shall we also reap. So let me just give you a super quick opportunity. I'm not going to receive the offering right now. Ushers, you can go around and sort of as you see people that are ready, just so I can get this back over into Mark's hands. Um, just go ahead and release that and put that into the ushers' hands. We'll take care of that for you. All of this offering is going to go to Mark. Um, and so just be generous and let, you know, let your love shine through that offering envelope. Come on, Mark. We are assigned to do the natural. God does the supernatural. And we have been given, listen, in this natural realm, God wants us to take dominion and authority. And we do it, listen to me, by these spiritual laws. Elijah told the widow woman, she had her last cake. She said, I'm going to make my last cake and eat it. Said, I'm going to make my last cake. My son and I are going to eat it and die. That's pitiful. We're going to have our last meal, then we're going to die because there's no more food. There was famine in the land. And you would think this is kind of rude of the, uh, of the prophet. He says, I want you to make me a cake first. It's the last cake. I mean, come on, let, let, the, let the widow woman and her son have their last cake and die. He says, you make me a cake first. Please get this. Hallelujah. 
what you call the last, a real prophet will come and call it the first. Make me a cake first. That was the first of many cakes. And she prepared. It says she went to, got two sticks, and she began to mix the oil and the meal. She was working a miracle. Come on, somebody. You got to work a miracle. She worked a miracle. I believe she probably opened up her own bakery after that. Because the Bible says that, <clears throat> come on, that the meal and the oil did not run out all the days of the famine. Jesus is not a magician. It's a science. Every miracle, there's a science behind it. I don't know if you know this, but your Heavenly Father is a brilliant scientist. And every miracle, hallelujah, is you exercising your faith, preparing for a miracle, and these miracles operate by laws. Natural laws precede spiritual laws. Hallelujah. Listen. I want to do something. Everybody knows the difference between provision and manifestation. The provision's already there. Everything you need. If you need, if you need right now healing in your body, okay, it's already created for you. I know God does it. I know we call them creative miracles. That's not biblical, and that's okay. We can use that word because people understand that because it's already created. He's done everything that's already going to be done, right? We already read that in Isaiah 48. Everything God's going to do, He's already done. It's already premeditated, pre-done. Provision's already given for you. Everything you need, pretending the life of godliness is in heavenly places. It's already there. So everything's there. There's a difference between provision and manifestation. And what links the two together is your faith system. And you act it. I do something everywhere I go is when someone needs a miracle, I make them do an act of faith. Because if I don't, they won't get healed. In my ministry of 30 years, we're celebrating 30 years of ministry and 30 years of marriage this year. We have never, in all these years, my wife and I, seen a miracle take place without there being an act of faith. We've never seen it. It doesn't work. It can't work. It's not the operation of the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't work like that. There has to be an act of faith. In fact, many times the act of faith is just you stepping forward and coming down the aisle. Okay, you've already, already, it's operative, it's already moving and working in you because you've taken a step. Recently, a man had come into our church and he had a cane. He came walking down. The whole right side of his body was paralyzed, almost 100%. He's dragging his right foot. His lower lip was hanging down. His eye was kind of... He can only lift his arm about that high. It's as far as he can go. And this cane, I saw him just kind of dragging. Probably about 65, 70 years old. And I went to lay hands on him, and the Lord says, No, Mark. You won't get a miracle that way. I said, Sir, I said, What's wrong? He says, I was in an accident. I've been paralyzed. It's been going on for a couple years. I said, would you throw your cane down and go for a walk with me? I'd be glad to, he said. He threw his cane down. We started walking around the church. And he went about halfway back to church like this with me. Man. And by the time he got to the front of the church, he beat me around. And by the time he got to the front of the church, his lips were normal, his eye was normal, he was walking normal. I said, how's your arm? He goes, no, I can't get my arm up. I said, yeah, you can't, keep trying. And then he went leaping and running and praising God. A woman had come in the church and she came walking down the aisle to be prayed for. Probably around 70 years old. She's walking like this. And she comes down, I said, man, what's wrong? She says, my knees, bone on bone, no cartilage. They wouldn't do surgery. She starts crying. She says, I don't want to have surgery. I don't want knee replacement. And I went to lay hands on her. My hand went up like this, and she just went down. And so she's down on the ground for a long time. And so we're praying for other people. People are getting healed. Wonderful things are happening. God's just exploding. It's a parade of miracles. How many like parades? There's just a parade of miracles taking place. And I come back, and the lady's there. And she's like groaning and moaning. Go minister, come back again. This time I says, ma'am, how are you doing? She says, could you do me a favor? I says, yeah, what can I do? She says, tell them to turn the music down here. It's awful loud. 
I said, man, my sister, it's the keyboard player, been playing the same thing. She said, it's very loud. I said, she goes, oh my goodness. She says, my right ear, I was 50% deaf. I can hear clearly now. I said, you didn't even come for that, did you? She says, no, I wasn't even thinking about it. And so I said, let's get up and see what God did. And she began to walk. She went back to the doctor, and the doctor was amazed. I don't understand, but cartilage grow back in your knees. Listen, we're going to do something now. I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it. I'm just the catalyst. Ready to have some fun? The source of the lights in this room are a generator. Now, we can't see that generator, can we? There's a power plant somewhere, I assume, in this region where there's generators, okay? And that is the source, uh, okay, of the energy that we need for these lights to come on. But in between the lights and the generator is a switch or a breaker, right? And real simple, what do you do? You just kind of flick the switch on. It's that simple. Just flick the switch and all of a sudden, the light manifest. Now, how many know the light is not the power? Amen? It's the generator that's the source. You're the switch. You can't see the Holy Ghost. He lives in you. But your hands, your mouth, come on, your words are the switch that release the power, amen, to light somebody up. It's that simple. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray your life was impacted by the service and that you were able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus, or you've known about him but have been far from him. We want to give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross so that you and I could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. So if you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and have been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my Lord and Savior. Help me believe in you and love you every day. Help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward. In Jesus' name, amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you just made to have Jesus as the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey, but most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we'd love to send you uh, with some easy steps on how to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you soon.